Joining us now from The Athletic, it is Dom Lecision. Dom, thank you so much for joining the show today. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I was just telling your producer that I completely forgot I was doing this show and I was at the mall and I'm like, oh, I better get home to get ready for this. What? Okay. Well, it's not like you could get ready. Which mall were you at? Let's start there. I was at the Eaton Center. It wasn't far. I just had to, by get ready, I mean drive back and be home. That's it. That was my getting ready process. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on a second, though. Uh, I mean, I guess you live outside of the city because driving to the Eaton Center, the parking, the traffic, oh, my God, that could be a nightmare. Uh, I I charge my car there. So it's part of the, part of the, the deal is that I need to right. charge my car, and I just go shopping while it does that. Right. Okay, did you get everything you needed to get? Uh, I got everything I didn't need to get and spent a lot of money regardless, so it was a great day. <laughs> What was the number one thing you bought that you're glad that you got, but you kind of were, you kind of feel a little guilty about what you spent on? I bought a uh, Willie Nylander reverse retro jersey just because I was at the rink the other day and they didn't have any reverse retro, so I just popped in the Adidas store and they happened to have some, so I said, "Why not? He's having a great season. Let's yeah. uh, let's get him in the collection." By the way, like we are all stereotypes. Let me just say that right now, okay? We are all stereotypes. Um, I like some of the things I've done the last couple of days, like that's so you, but the very smart and analytically inclined, but you tell great stories, but analytically inclined younger hockey writer and the Jersey they got was a Nylander one. Shame on you for not buying a Matt Martin Jersey. Um, I, I would consider it if, uh, if he was at least like passably good. Yeah. And uh, no, uh, no Lou Lamarillo jersey for you? No, no. I, I am uh, I'm getting back into jersey. I feel like it's uh, the style for the spring is back hockey jerseys. I got some all-star jerseys, um, and I really wanted Tage Thompson with uh, the mm-hmm. black goat head jerseys. I feel like that's a, a hot look, and uh, yeah. I've been in, in touch with some, some folks in Buffalo trying to make it happen, and uh, so far it's, it's a tough look. One last jackass question, then we'll get to real sports. Um, the name of your dog in the background. Uh, there's two of them. One is Ruby. She's the older one. She's the more regal, elegant owl. And then yep. the other one is Ocean. She is a puppy, and she is super annoying, and she'll have the more yappy <laughs> howl. Okay, so if we really hear it, it's Ocean. If it's a little quieter, more understated, it's regal. Great, gotcha. Uh, TSN special on FanDuel, Nylander. Uh, forty-five and a half goals. Would you take the? Would you take the over or the under? Ooh, that's. I feel like that's pretty tight. I think. Yeah. Because that's it's the idea. so tight, I might just take the under, just because this is a, a career year for him, and it might take a, a bit to get to forty-five. But I don't know. I Willie has a good vibe this year. It feels like he's been so much more consistent and always on. And I hate to take the under, but it's just generally a, a safer bet when a, when a guy is having a best year yeah oh yeah and and he's projected at 44 goals and listen you bought his jersey you've done your part for god and country um i've <laughs> argued the, the leafs are a good team sometimes the leafs are a great team they can also be an infuriating team but i argue that right now they're kind of not a very interesting team i threw this out at the top of the show they were the fourth best team last year this year they're fifth in points percentage, uh, and, you know, they've done that. Good on them, despite injuries on defense and Matthew's injury. 
But because of the stupid playoff seeding, we've known they're going to play Tampa. We've known since Christmas. So I, I look at them as as many different things, but I just don't view them right now as interesting because it feels like the same story. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's the way it is. And I think that is better considering how yes, this yes. market tends to blow even the smallest things out of proportion. But I feel like for the last few years, the Leafs have not been a very interesting regular season team. And it's sort of just stories made up because the market is hungry for them and you guys got to do it sometimes. But Hell yeah. the last few years, they've been at or near the top of the league. And it's just not as, uh, not as interesting, especially knowing that everything about the team, the only thing that matters is what they do in the playoffs. And they are, have generally been a lock to get there. Uh, from a numbers perspective, is there, what is, is there one thing that sticks out for you? Is there one big takeaway from this season? I, I think the big thing for me that has surprised me is how much everyone loves Marner more than the other Leafs this year. I, I saw, I think you guys did a top 25 list and had Marner above Nylander and then above Matthews. And I think that there's been this weird, I guess, I don't know what the opposite of hype is, but Matthews still had a, a good year. He's been dominant at five on five, just as he previously has been. And he has a, he had a similar point rate to Marner. It just seems a bit odd that Marner is getting so much more love and, I think part of that has been was the point streak he was on, but it, to be honest, was one of the most underwhelming point streaks in of that length, and I think in NHL history, he was only getting one point per game. There were very few two point games, and he didn't get any a single three point game there. And I think he's one of the best players in the league, but I think he was better last year, which is an interesting thing based on how much he's talked about this year compared to last year. I think he has more to give just like Matthews does joined by Dom Lecician from the athletic and noted Mitch Marner hater. Oh, that's interesting. By the way, from your column, uh, this blew my mind from your column. And it's a great one. Power rankings. Uh, you and Sean Gentile, uh, we're, we're looking, uh, we're doing like a, a groundhog day theme. Is it true? Zach Hyman would be tied for the lead in points for the Maple Leafs. It's, <laughs> It is uh, absolutely wild. Marner has uh, has 60 points, and so does Zach Hyman, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 60 points in 49 games. Marner has 60 points in 52 games. So Zach Hyman, higher points per game than Mitch Marner, if you can believe it. <laughs> it's so true. And then because this is the Toronto market, i got to take it somewhere else. So the fact that Hyman has as many points as anyone in the Maple Leafs, who should I be madder at, Kyle Dubas or the salary cap? Probably the salary cap. I think they did all they could to sign him, and there were obviously risks involved with the style of game he has. But I think he, in Edmonton, he has a, a larger place to thrive in terms of getting legitimate power play time. So I think that's the biggest difference between his production in Edmonton and his production in Toronto is that he never got a spot on power play one Toronto, and Maybe maybe he should have, given his skill set and given what they're maybe missing at the net front. But that gave Edmonton a bit of leeway in terms of how much value they can extract from him in a sense that they weren't getting that in Toronto. And obviously there's probably a bit of regret right now, but there, there probably wasn't a way to really 
squeeze him uh, under the cap, and I think that's uh, the bigger issue. Moving away, yeah, no, you're right, and uh, it's just fun to throw it at him, you know, see if you can get anyone to say Dubis, because then you just say the word Dubis, and Twitter gets angry, or happy, depends. Um, I mean, the, you getting, got Michael Bunting, who perfectly replaced that guy, yeah. you can't get too mad. Dom, come on, it's this market, you know, g- g- give, me, give me a minute, I'll find a way. Um, <laughs> getting away from the Maple Leafs for a second, you mentioned Tage Thompson, and I was sort of putting a list together of, to me, the biggest stories of the NHL season so far, because if the Maple Leafs are off for a week, then in my mind, the NHL is off for a week. Um, more interesting in terms of their development, Tage Thompson or Jack Hughes? Tage Thompson, for sure. I think Jack Hughes was a first overall pick. Everyone expected him to be one of the best players in the world one day, and he had a, a slow start, but the skill set was always there for him to become this like even before he was getting points he was one of the best players that entering the zone control one of the best passers he just couldn't finish and he didn't really have a lot of help in terms of teammates that could finish Cage Thompson uh, we wrote about this uh, yesterday me and Matt Fairburn who was the Buffalo Sabres writer and previously the Buffalo Bills writer so he had a bit of insight into the the Josh Allen part of our story but We've been working on this feature for a couple months where I noticed that Tage Thompson was extremely unlikely to even be a top six or middle six on each other, let alone this superstar goal-scoring wonder. And I messaged him, and he was already working on something as well, so he sort of joined forces. But about two years ago, Tage Thompson was worth zero wins. And that might have been generous given how poor he was at five on five. He wasn't on the ice for much offense. He was terrible defensively. And two years later, he's a guy who's on pace for over 50 goals, 100 points. And that doesn't happen. Uh, There were 100 players who were comparable to Thompson at the time two years ago. And the best case scenario was William Carlson, who had a good flash in the pan season or a year after, but he was still not what Tage Thompson is right now. Continuing on, just spinning the wheel of top stories in the NHL, how high would you rank Connor Bedard, who's not in the NHL, but how high would you rank Connor Bedard on the top NHL stories? Probably pretty high, especially seeing how many teams are doing whatever they can to be as incompetent as possible to land Bedard. And I think they have a point for that. He projects to probably be the best. He like In terms of prospects before they hit the NHL, his value is just a shade under what McDavid was at the time. And those two are sort of in a league of their own in terms of pre-NHL value. And I just the things he's doing on a, on a nightly basis, I, I don't watch – any junior hockey, but I see Bedard highlights sprinkle on the timeline from time to time. I saw what he did at the World Juniors, and he just seems like this incredibly special talent, and I am so excited to watch him every day in the NHL. Speaking of special talent, uh, is Connor McDavid, is he the league leader, maybe in all sports, of incredibly talented individual that we now have taken for granted, that even though he's got more four-point games than zero-point games in the NHL this year, 
It feels like, yeah, it's like, ah, that's just Connor doing Connor things. Like, I want to find a way to just to get excited again about someone who's the most excited player in the in the game. But I feel we're just all taking him for granted. A little bit. I feel like because he makes it so routine that everyone is just like, oh, just Connor being Connor. But mm-hmm. Connor being Connor is an incredibly special thing. I feel like there's not as much hype as there should be that he's on pace for over 150 points hasn't been done in decades. And I, I just, I, I never thought that was a number that was fathomable. I remember when Crosby when was in his prime and he was on pace for like 130 or 140 or whatever. And I was like, Oh wow, this is amazing. And Connor is again, playing at this 150 point pace. He did this two years ago and everyone's like, Oh, it's a shortened season. Who knows what he would do in a, in a full season. And now he's, he's doing it again. Last year during the playoffs, he was playing, at a two-point-per-game pace, and it's just obscene what he's been doing. And it'd be even better if his teammates could finish at five-on-five, which is, I think, the craziest thing. Does he need, like, a novelty mustache? What needs to happen for for us to fully appreciate? Like, Did you see the mullet? Eh, you know, the mullet's been done. I don't... I. Yeah, I guess. I'm just, I'm trying, like, wear a cape, um, or, like, th- th- before your time, but, like, in early 80s wrestling, they would do a thing where they would cut themselves before a match, so then there would just be blood all over the place. It was the 80s. It was a different time. Um, but it, 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 something like that, like, I'm trying to find a way. What do we need to do so that every night we're going, oh, my Lord, did you see what Conor McDavid did? I, I think that is maybe on uh, on the league marketing in terms of just not being able to market its best players the way that maybe it's a league like the NBA or uh, NFL do. But, yeah, McDavid, it feels like it should be a bigger story than it's, it currently is. Do you think McDavid though, wants to be? Like, the obvious thing is to always rip on Gary Bettman. I love doing it. A slow news day, I'll do 20 minutes on that. And the NHL, and you're 100% right, The NH, I don't think no league markets the way the NBA does. And they have the advantage of no helmets, no face masks, nothing like that. But then I always look at it from the other side. It just, do players like Connor McDavid, do they want to go out there and become, you know, villains like Brad Marchand or Patrick Beverly? Do they want to become stars like LeBron? Like, I always wonder about that. Yeah, I I do too, and I feel like, hockey culture in general maybe players shy away from that but i think the younger players were hopefully growing into being more interesting than i guess the the last generation and i don't know about mcdavid himself but yeah i i do wish that maybe these players would be a little more interesting and wanting that the shine of of the spotlight of being a star Dom, always appreciate. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Braving cold traffic dogs to do the interview. Always appreciate. Check out the man's work in The Athletic. It's always fantastic. And uh, I look forward to talking with you soon. Yeah, always a pleasure. Take care. That is Dom Lusician from The Athletic.